0: Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Mann. Welcome to your Life's Work Podcast. Big show today. Uh, do good, get good theology. We'll explain in a moment. I set out a new newsletter, Tabletop Tabletop Ministries is a little ministry, it's a 501c3, it's all, you know, real and you know, nobody dipping in. You know what I'm saying? It's not bullshit. Uh, we provide spiritual direction uh, free of charge for those who can't afford uh, regular counsel and therapy. It, it, you know, When we say spiritual direction, man, the other words that we use to kind of help people into it are pastoral care. Coaching would be uh, another way. Spiritual uh, advisor is what one of, one of my clients refers to me as their spiritual advisor. Another one calls me a guru. <laughs> I'm like so far from a damn guru. <laughs> That's all there is to it. So, so far. But anyways, tabletopministries.online. We serve people. That's what we do. Somebody comes knock at the door, they they ring the phone, and they've got needs. We are all in on helping them transform in whatever life season they're in. That work takes a hell of a lot of resources for us to provide for people. And so that's why we look to you and we go, yo, if you got 25 bucks to spare a month, we would love to have it. And, uh, you know, we're we're vocal about it because the the work really is inspiring and it's really fantastic and we've seen just incredible um just incredible things happen to be honest with you with 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 people and i wish i could share some of those with you but they're deeply personal from person to person client to client and uh, that's just the way it goes when you do spiritual direction and uh you know take my word for it i guess if you want to trust me no, the work is, uh, is really doing is really doing some good. And we thank everybody. If you're a regular listener to the podcast and you're giving to Tabletop, we, we love you. We appreciate you. It's not that if you don't, we don't, because <laughs> we do. But we're really hoping for more people on the journey in the next couple months. So Tabletop tabletopministries.online, hit the support button. When you do that, you'll hit a menu and it'll ask you, hey, how much do you want to give a month? And we would really, really appreciate um, some monthly giving. We have uh, since COVID started. You know, a lot of people ask me, "Hey, have you got busier? Uh, are, are you not busy at all?" And I'm, I, I can tell you, we, you know, we we doubled up our efforts when COVID hit because we realized that the uncertainty of the moment really has gripped the hearts of so many people, everybody around the world. So, you know, we've added tons of people into the ministry, and again. It comes at a cost because it takes time to sit with people and iron out the issues of life. And so, um, you know, that's where you come in. And if you've been touched by Tabletop, right, if you've been touched by the podcast, if you've been touched by just the work that we do, we, and it's we, it's not me, it's the people that really helped me do this. So, you know, help us out. We love you in advance and we appreciate that um, so very much. And if you got any questions, and seriously, if you have any questions about the ministry, how we operate, who our board is, you can find all that information online. But I'd rather, you know, if you don't want to hit the dig and read, you can call me and you can ask me, you can talk to the board, um, you can talk to anybody here. We're very, very open, very vulnerable, very authentic. <laughs> if, you, if you know me, you know kind of how we operate, and uh, we're really grateful for the work that we do and thankful for the work that we do because um, we get to see, the, you know, the fruits of our labor are are people really walking into peace with God. And we and that there's nothing greater. Like, there's just nothing greater, man, than somebody being able to find a little peace and tucking that away into their little corner of the world as we go through some stressful shit. And there is all kinds of stressful shit going on right now. So thanks in advance. Okay, uh, enough about that. Do good, get good theology. So, you know, most of us have been taught this do good, get good theology. If you behave really well, God will bless you and your life will be happy. Right? We w- w- What ends up happening, particularly with evangelical American church or even, even some denominational faiths, and this spreads across all wisdom traditions for the record— Uh, As I talk about this, I think, you know, the Hindus, the Muslims, the Buddhists, the Sufis, everybody has a little anchoring in these points. So, you know, if you're a Muslim, and I know who you are, (laughs) very dear, dear, close personal friends that have all kinds of different faiths, and so just measure this up against how, you know, I'm going to talk about it. When we enter into faith, or when we grab a wisdom tradition that we love, and we really start beholding to its tenets, Right, most of the time, spread through all wisdom traditions, all religions of the world. There's this idea of love, and you can't run away from it. Love over there is love over here. Um, Wisdom over there is wisdom over here. So we're not running away from that. Like that, that's a that's a real cohesive thing that exists in every wisdom tradition and every religion, um, in all kinds of forms of uh, of truth. Love is there. Love is present. And that's what we're all shooting for at the end of the day. How do we receive love? How do we give love? Uh, You know, the difference between, like, the Christian and the Buddhist, like, sometimes I say is the Buddhist will say, just love, where the Christian will say, love more. But the idea is that the anchoring point is love. What, What ends up happening, though, is we have a sickness of certainty. Human beings want to lock in and cement everything that is right, wrong, up, down. Right. And we find this traditionally more in conservative kind of venues than we would more liberal venues. But it's the same between the two. It's a sickness of certainty, a broken need to make sure we are following correctly. Right. And also in leadership, the broken need to make sure you are following correctly. To forward the cause of its ideologies, of its doctrines that keep us on top or number one or right. Because others are wrong, and this act of certainty—if we really plow forward with it—can really break the shit out of everybody that's either following or, 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 or leading. And and you can see this. I I'm 53 years old, and a lot of my clients, my spiritual direction clients, the people that come and knock on the door, are struggling uh, generationally. Maybe you're in your thirties and you can understand this late twenties, thirties, maybe mid thirties with the purity culture. So if you grew up in American church, you know, eighties, nineties, this ish, uh, you're no doubt hit purity culture, which simply suggests that the way you behave, um, is going to be the predicate for you going to heaven. So if you don't have sex before you get married, you're going to be blessed. If you don't masturbate, you're gonna be blessed. If you don't, uh, you know, if, if if you don't get caught in a lusty night of, you know, backseat shenanigans, God will bless you. <laughs> and that's do good, get good theology. We have to understand that that those are carved out of certainty. For some reason, we've made our wisdom traditions at times, or can make our wisdom traditions, our religions at times, just simply about behavior, the do-good-get-good theology. And that is not the energy of the divine. It is not the energy of love. It absolutely isn't. It's just not about behavior solely. That's why it's so damn important for you to read And to be curious about what's going on in your own spiritual search. Do you read? Do you read outside of your wisdom tradition? Do you read outside of your religion? And believe me, through the years, I have met people that have said to me sentences like, the Bible is the only book to read. No other books. (laughs) And right away, even when you hear that, there is no wisdom that pings true in that sentence. Right? Like, you don't hear any wisdom with somebody that says you just read the Bible. That's it. Just the Bible. Only the Bible. No other things. Nothing else out there is going to lend to it, lend to truth. Like, and you have to understand that you, you it doesn't matter who you are. The most educated, the most undereducated person doesn't hear that and it rings true. So there's curiosity. There's curiosity and some wisdom traditions, some religions in their certainty will actually look back at you and go, don't doubt and don't get curious because curiosity might let the devil in because curiosity might lead you down the wrong path to that red devil with the horns <laughs> and it's bullshit. That's all there is to it. It's just bullshit. And we got to give ourselves a massive break because curiosity is a part of our faith system. Curiosity is a part of our evolution in faith. If you're curious about Hinduism, you read about Hinduism. If you're curious about Buddhism, you read about Buddhism. I would say, everybody, I, I, I would say this I would say, Christian, if you are in it and you're in it, man, Jesus is all the way up to your eyeballs, it would behoove you to read outside your wisdom tradition. Absolutely, 100%. Christians tend to be, methodically, the most judgmental people on the planet. You know, I mean, look at what we did to women. Look at what we did to blacks. Look at what we did to gays. Look at what we're doing to the political systems right now. It's amazing, right? All of a sudden, we become a black or white. If you're over there, you're over here. You know, we take this, you know, either you're with us or or, 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 or you're not to such an extreme That we have our own cancel culture. And, and, you know, this cancel culture that we're seeing right now, everybody wants to think this was invented, (laughs) you know, in the last year. That's bullshit, too. This cancel culture has been happening since people have decided what certainty is or isn't inside of their religions or wisdom traditions. Smoke that. Okay. Open yourself up to wisdom. So when you're curious, what I'm saying to you is open yourself up to wisdom as a whole. Not wisdom that's in just that corner, but wisdom that's over there. You know, I'm amazed as I read and study out of the Bible and other holy books, if you will, how much everything sounds the damn same. (laughs) And it does. And it does. I have this wonderful collection that I got. Of books, and I don't know the publisher, but I and I, they're not in here right now. They're in my other uh, bookcase. But you know, it's uh, it's basically books on world religions, and I'm always amazed that when I go dive deep di- deep diving into those books, how uh, similar everything uh, seems to sound, um, wh- which is just it's just just funny. And for the record, like Jesus, for example, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, he goes, you know, he goes back to Old Testament. He goes back to Jewish wisdom tradition. So, you know, it's not that Jesus just simply made Christianity. Jesus was a Jew, and a lot of times he is going way back into Jewish wisdom tradition to, to get his point across, right, or to love or to further the idea of liberation or to take people out of oppression. So open yourself up to other wisdom, please. Again, wisdom over there is wisdom right here. You know, there's a wonderful Sufi book that I have, and I forget what it is. And my dear friend uh, who turned me onto this book would would be hating on me right now. <laughs> I forgot it. In um, this wonderful Sufi book, uh, my God, it's just filled with really heartwarming and heart-tending wisdom. Um, so, yes, read beyond the Bible. Think. Pray. Contemplate. Question. Seek. Mentorship. Seek mentorship. Who mentors you? This do-good, get-good theology is usually instituted or handed down by a person, one dude, right? Seek mentorship outside of just your pastor or just your imam or just your rabbi or just whatever spiritual teacher. Like, if you have one spiritual teacher, I'm suspect right away. Like, you should have several spiritual teachers. You should have several people that are speaking into the conditions of the heart, speaking into love, speaking into forgiveness, speaking into grace, speaking into mercy, speaking into the understandings of resentment, ego, and fear. Eckhart Tolle, for example. Eckhart Tolle is a dude that kind of Oprah made famous. I mean, Eckhart made himself famous because he he wrote—he's written some really, really great-ass books. I mean, there's no doubt. Um, What is it? The New Earth is one I'm thinking about right now that Oprah talks about a lot. Uh, But, you know, this is a guy that gets slammed and killed and he's the devil and he's it's false prophecy. And I mean, I've read all kinds of criticism about Eckhart. But when you read Eckhart, again, your heart rings with truth and wisdom. Your heart rings with it. You can't help but go, yeah, yeah, (laughs) that sounds correct. So the do good, get good theology in the mix of that stops a lot of that forward motion to open up and really start to understand what's outside the bounds of your own wisdom tradition. Mentorship. But for the love of God, keep the defining axe to grind on your journey. Love. So keep love as that axe to grind on the journey. So so hear me correctly. Remember what I I started off with? I started by saying love is the is this fabric that is woven through all religions and all wisdom traditions. That's what it is. And again, love doesn't have a do good, get good ring to it. It just doesn't. It doesn't. Love is sacrificial. Love is giving. Love is kind. Love is patient. We can go all that all through that thing that Paul wrote in Corinthians. Like we can go right through the list and really understand what love is. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It doesn't anger easily. Like it goes on and on and on. But the one thing we need to do as we really start putting away the do-good-get-good good theology, because that's not it. God is not a measuring stick. He's not measuring us for eternity. That's not what he's doing. He's not sizing you up with some magical spiritual tape, right? All right, you're six five, you can go. You're 7 inches, you're done. That's not it. I want love to be the defining axe you grind, on this journey. So you're constantly looking back and measuring against love for what wisdom is or isn't. That will help. That will help. God is not looking for behavior, behavioral militancy, right? He's not looking for salutes. You know, this whole concept of, you know, we're warriors for God and, you know, we're an army of God. Like I, all that, all that shit is just not good imagery for us. Then yes, there's some of that language that sits out there theologically uh, in scriptures, but it's certainly not we're certainly not meant to have that militancy to our faith. Because again, if love is the axe that we're grinding here, it's not going to look militant. It's just not going to. There's not going to be a salute up or down or again, a measuring stick for success in this journey. There's just not it's just not a thing and we've got to get that but our ego our fear our american culture this 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 ability and want for power and dominant dominant stuff all the time is it's it's got to go at some level and in 2020 i'm not going to say it's reached a boiling point because humanity's been humanity since humanity's been humanity right like people are like oh our world's really jacked up right now i'm like shit man go through read a history book read a history book I was watching. Speaking of Netflix, I was watching that damn show Marco Polo. I mean, you want to talk about crazy ass violence? <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of crap happening back back in the day. So you know, and political, right? And political, and political. Okay. God is not looking for behavioral minis- uh, militancy. He is not want He is not waiting on you to not have sex before marriage to bless you and not withholding love because you decided to smoke dope at a Billie Eilish concert. That's not it. Like, you can smoke dope at a Billie Eilish concert and and let me help you. Ready? Watch this sentence. And go to heaven. (laughs) The kingdom of heaven is now. That's what Jesus says. It's happening right this second. It's happening as we check in with who we are. It's not not happening because a bag of reefer got smoked Coachella, <laughs> for all my Southern California people, right? And you know who you are, smoking the dope at Coachella. Or even the sex before marriage. Again, this purity culture that comes out of the what the 80s, the 90s. And there's books, there's books written about how to keep it zipped up and buttoned up and nobody touches your boob or your penis. It's like, listen to me. At some level, we've got to understand what the human condition is, not that we're looking to go backwards and just simply become cavemen beating on each other. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying spiritually, we really have to understand our condition, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. The divine does not find fault with you, period, end of story. The divine, God, does not find fault with you. He doesn't. He doesn't look at you and see an X, and then somehow magically you say a prayer, and now you're a plus. That's not it. That's not it. If we all decide, at some level, in every wisdom tradition and religion, that God as God is creator, and particularly in in uh, in Genesis, right in Genesis, it's like it's like we're created in His image. And, and for the record, it says when He created it all, it was good. Like He enjoyed it. He sat back and went, "Yes, this is great. This is fantastic. I love this. I love what I've done. Right? I love what has been done." I love what is. All these kind of God sentences that we somehow put on him that are probably not right to put on him. (laughs) Sounds like you're doing certainty, JR. Yeah, I'm a human, man. If I was a little bit more angelic, (laughs) maybe I'd be much better at what I do. The divine does not find fault with you. He's made you out of love. He made you for love. You are loved by God. And no, I am not suggesting spiritually olly olly oxen free on behavior. I'm not suggesting that because we do have a responsibility to not be a jackass. We do have a responsibility to not kill and maim and rape and pillage and just be dorks and dicks and stupid. We, we have a responsibility. We need to teach courage. We need to teach love. We need to teach grace and forgiveness. All wisdom traditions have these senses of of, of, of teaching some kind of a, a moral, there's like a moral compass, a moral guidepost, a, you know, a tenets that we will hold to. So, again, I'm not just suggesting it's olly, olly oxen free. But I'm also not suggesting that behavior is just simply the guide to that. What I clearly want you to to hear me say is that love is the dominating factor that comes out of your creation. And love is what draws you back into the divine and your relationships around you. That's all there is to it. As you learn to love, you will no doubt mature, right? That's what happens. You know, I have clients who've got teenagers and our teenagers are all over the map, right? When I was a teenager, I was all over the map. When you were a teenager, you were all over the map. And so parents are always worried about will they get it? Will will she get it? Will he get it? Is everything gonna be okay here or there? I worry about them over there. And again, as as people mature, as a human being, as we mature, right? We're gonna mature into love because this is what's coming out of us. The ability to receive love and give love. That's how that goes. So as you learn to love. You will no doubt mature, and that maturity will yield yield behavioral wisdom, meaning you won't act like a jackass. The big thing to hear is you must slow down long enough to hear your own heart and how it desires love and wants to love. And that's where a guy like me comes in, particularly in spiritual direction, as we start asking the deeper questions about what's going on while listening to God. While really listening. And what we're listening for is that thing that's inside of us. Call it spirit. Call it God. Call it Jesus. Call it universe. Call it all, call it the tree. Call it, call it whatever you want. But there is a thing that's deeply laden inside of us. It is in us, living inside of us, that is calling us to give and receive love. And that's what I'm asking you to pay attention to instead of the dogmatic do good, get good. I'm asking you to slow down long enough where you can carve out some time to really hear that speaking to you. The contemplative journey to be able to understand what to do in relationships. Right? Like the, you know, I had a situation recently with a dear friend that I had to sidestep some of my own neediness. Some of my neediness was getting in the way. My ego, my fear, the wanting to be recognized, the wanting to be right. Right? And I was told by my spiritual director, yo, you need to sidestep some of that neediness, yo. She didn't say it like that. I said it like that. But her point was, hey, man, you need to listen a little bit deeper to how you are loving this person and then really understand that some of that shit may not be love. Some of that may be some weird codependent, you know, flex on the side of your being that just need pacification because, 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 because. And so I really stopped and, and, and really started to listen. And, and you know what, man? I just clearly heard, yeah, your spiritual director is 175,000% correct. Sidestep some of that to just simply open up and go, hey, how did I hurt you? Hey, how can we move forward? Hey, how can we not repair or even heal, but how can we love? How can we get back to that one center of love and want, you know, in kind the same things? That's maturity. That's maturity that changes behavior. That's maturity that changes behavior. But I'm listening to the deeper call inside of me. And yes, it's prompted by a spiritual director and again, if you heard me up top, it's like get that spiritual mentor get that get a coach, get a mentor, get somebody that is driving you in your passions because your passions for the record will touch the divine too. If you're like, I don't know, crazy about crochet and you're all about can you're going to the crochet conventions? You'll wind up in the divine lap, I guarantee you, right? If you're crazy about banking and you love banking, I'm going, I love, I'm going to be the best banker I can. You're going to wind up back in the divine lap. Your passions are exactly what that is. That, 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 that deep desire to like, you know, touch true self and that deep desire to touch true self is God. I'm telling you. So, you know, it's not just this centric idea that, you know, you go to church and sit in front and believe like me, and I look like you, and you look like me, and then we talk the same way, and then we go to the same conventions, listen to the same damn five Christian artists over and over and over again, do the same four damn chords with the same damn... That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. it. You will find the divine lap, his, his hands, his arms, his tender touch in your passion. I guarantee you. I guarantee. But you got to stop and listen. I'm reading. I'm just reading my notes. Okay, let me say this again. The big thing to hear is you must slow down long enough to hear your own heart and how it desires love and wants to love. So think about what I'm saying. You look for love. You hope for love. You can't wait to give love. You pray for love. You long for love to never stop. Love drives you. And that drive is the behavior we pin on the divine. That's the behavior that we're looking for. I'll say it again. You look for love. Okay, so do it right now with me. Where have you looked for love? Okay, you hope for love. Where have you hoped for love? What is the hope for love? You can't wait to love, right? What is it that you can't wait to love for or to love with? What is that? And you pray for love. When's the last time you were praying for love? And it's not like you're saying, God, I want love, right? Maybe it's you're saying, hey, God, I want a relationship. Hey, God, I want my passion to be bigger. Hey, God, I don't want to be an angry asshole anymore. That's praying for love. Hey, God, I want to forgive myself. Hey, God, I want to forgive my father. Hey, God, I want to forgive my family member. Hey, God, I I, I want to do better over here. That's praying for love. You long for love to never stop. What are those thoughts there when I when you when it when I say that? What love don't you want to stop? I look at my wife walk our dog breezy around the property every day, twice, three times, sometimes. What and she loves that dog. There is no doubt. She loves that dog. And I know she prays for that love to never stop. And we've had this our third black lab, so she knows, <laughs> unfortunately, man. Black labs, they don't they don't have that long, right? You know, you have 12, 13, 14 years, and then you know, stuff gets wiry. But I know she prays for that love to never stop. What a desire, right? Because it is just so tender and tending to the heart, that being in her life. And that's awesome. Love drives you, and that drive is the behavior we pin on the divine. So if you're looking for behavior, you're looking for that idea of how love is driving you and what you're doing inside of that drive, right? Because if your love is driving you, you're not manipulating people. You're not bullshitting people. You're not lying to yourself. You are really considering the cost of all your movement. You are considering the maturity of your movement. You are considering silence and stillness, maturity. You're adding things to your life. You're building with your life. You're creating life. You're helping joy manufacture. You're manufacturing joy. Love drives you, and that drive is the behavior we pin on the divine, not the crazy-ass doctrine of Turner Burn. Because this is not just turning away from this behavior to that behavior, and that's what we've made it uncertainty, and that's not it. You don't find Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John just simply, you know, you know, killing the disciples for what they're doing over here, what they're doing over here. You you don't you don't find Jesus in some kind of behavioral control. Go to Sermon on the Mount, Matthew, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew five six and seven. Find me behavioral control there. I'm waiting for it. (laughs) There's no behavioral control there. This is Jesus like telling us what the kingdom of heaven looks like and is, is right this moment. These are the things he wants us to wash our heart in, our minds in, our bodies in. And again, I will assert we're talking about other wisdom traditions too. Same kind of principles. The only possible fault God could find with you and I is our willingness to overlook his love, right? If God was really like examining us with a fine tooth comb and a little spiritual magnifying glass and holding it over all of humanity, he would probably point to the fact that you and I are so damn willing to look away or away, or, 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 or through love or on the other side of love. Like We're like, yeah, that's good, but... <laughs> That's probably and, and I don't even want to use the word fault there because I don't want to, I don't want to add, I don't want to add in shame into this cocktail that we're making today. I just want you to know that we have an ability to overlook his love. We have that ability. We have that ability through addiction. We have that ability through codependence, emotional addiction. We have that ability to, to ignore. We have the ability to walk away and overlook it sin to miss the mark of that love we can we do and it usually ends up in a shit show regardless if you have a faith in god or not you overlook love even if you're a wonderful atheist or a fantastic agnostic it probably is going to wind up in a shit show (laughs) i'll say it will if you're, a, if you're a wonderful Christian out you're and you're the man of church and you're a leader and you're doing Bible studies and you overlook love, shit show. <laughs> That's how it goes. If you're a Muslim, a Jew, a great dancing Sufi, and you overlook love, shit show. At the end of the day, you're not faulty. This is not a, an ingrained inherent circuit board, spiritual circuit board that has a fault somewhere on it. And Jesus is the only way to rectify the fault. That's not it. You are being called to love. That's what you are. You are being called to love. That's what you are. You are loved. That's what you are. You may love. That's what you are. You are created by God. That's who you are. But the premise that we insert faultiness into being through the do good get good theology needs to be exercised from our very culture our faith culture our culture culture and the world at large it does it pisses me off a little bit y'all if I'm being completely honest man that shame and that guilt that we just mire ourselves in because we're just looking for control or somebody's looking for to control us is garbage. So, okay, what's the big question? The big question is how do you seek love? How do you seek love? And that's what I'm going to leave you with. How do you seek love? Turn this podcast off and, and ask yourself, how do I seek love? And if you're unsure and you're having a hard time answering that, invite divine in. God, how do I seek love? Question mark. Either, how do I seek it as in, is there a methodology? Or maybe God shows you how you presently think you're seeking love. Because it could be you seeking in the wrong damn place. Could be. Could be. Could be you're putting too much attention and focus and attachment on people, places, and things. And not enough attachment into divine space. The learning to love. the Giving the receiving. All right, I'm done. It's 33 minutes in. Uh, Thank you for being a part of my passion. If you need spiritual direction, I am JR, jr at jrman.com. I love you, and I really do appreciate the time that you spend on this podcast. Uh, Please like uh, and and subscribe, because that's what the people do, and that's what I've been told to do, to tell the people to like and subscribe. All my info's is uh, readily available on jrman.com, dot ncom My phone number is prominently there. I will get back to you. I am that guy that if you call, I will probably answer if I'm not, uh, you know, talking with the folks, and then we can chat it up. My first session is always free. It's an introduction uh, a, a session. Uh, if you want spiritual direction through Tabletop Ministries, uh, uh, just tell me that, and we can take care of that absolutely free, of course, but uh, I love you. And I really appreciate you all being on the journey. If you want to retreat with us uh, here in wonderful Northeast Ohio, we have the retreat center here at Ridgewood. It is open the end of August. We are booking dates into September and October and November. If you're really ballsy, maybe even December. (laughs) There is heat. Uh, It's fully stocked with everything you need. I love you, good people. We'll talk next week.